Hi, my name is Joe Jackson. I'm a journalist, author, interviewer and broadcaster who's interviewed over a 30-year period roughly 1,400 public figures, from pop stars to politicians. More to the point of this podcast, I often got pop stars, poets, painters and actors, etc. to talk politics, particularly in terms of what was, during that 30-year period, incontestably the single most important issue facing my homeland, namely the Troubles in Northern Ireland. Or, to be more specific and historically accurate, the Troubles in Ireland. In fact, in 1996, I published a book, Troubadours and Troublemakers, the title of which was my postmodern tilt on the ancient notion that Ireland is the island of saints and scholars. And central to that book were discussions on the Troubles, whether those discussions were in-depth interviews with the likes of Gerry Adams and Ken McGuinness, or with social commentators and songs such as Christy Moore. Furthermore, between the years 2016 and 2018, in the lead-up to the 50th anniversary of the start of the Troubles, I pitched to RTE Radio 1, Ireland's national radio station, for which I'd worked on a freelance basis for nearly 30 years, a series titled Troubled Voices. It was, in effect, an update of my 1996 book. And in the series, I planned to tap into much material that had never been made public, such as, for example, the roughly eight hours of interviews I did with Adams. At the time, the head of RTE Radio 1, as excited as I was by the project, suggested I applied to the Broadcasting Authority of Ireland to get funding and promised that if they didn't back it, RTE would. Here I have to be careful. And I better just say, tongue-in-cheek, in the kind of hippie speak I hate, heads change, man. And my troubled voices never got a chance to speak on RTE Radio 1 or indeed RTE TV. However, this day last year, June the 26th, 2020, partly in response to the first lockdown during the COVID-19 pandemic, I started as an independent producer making the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. And I'm delighted to say that it's entered Apple podcast charts in 22 countries and topped the charts in many, including Ireland. So now I intend to tap into some of those tapes I intended to use in Troubled Voices because I feel that the material is of cultural and historical significance. This certainly applies to the Gerry Adams 1993 interview, which was recorded, let's not forget, when Section 31 was in operation and Adams was not allowed to speak on any broadcast media outlet in Ireland or England. We talked about that. Also, given a recent controversy in Irish journalism, I'm talking about now, from 2021, that led to Owen Harris losing his job as a Sunday independent newspaper columnist, I thought it timely to include Adams, the subject of CSUS attacks from Harris, responding to one of his attacks in 1993. Incidentally, three years after this interview, I asked Michael D. Higgins, who is currently the President of Ireland, to address the criticism that Adams levels at him here. By the way, if you want to gain access to the full tapes for personal or professional use, say in a documentary, or want to read the original print interviews, check out and contact me via joejacksoninterviewer.com. Okay, one other question, just in relation to culture in general and the way a lot of our readers will take their messages of politics from music and from film. Uh, did you see Owen Harris on the ITV, the UTV documentary on representations of Northern Ireland in film no. about, ten, about two, two and a half weeks ago? It was the no. old Neil Jordan's thing. Well, he came out with this claim, and I know you have, number one, you attack it in your book, which is the stereotype of IRA as psychopaths. I also saw a report by Drs. Lyons and Harbinson in '86, which said that isn't the case at all. Mm -hmm. His, his um, declaration was that 
the IRA person in the Patriot Games, the mad psychopath, is the IRA as we know it. That was his claim in the South. Not that sympathetic, beautiful man, Stephen Ray, in the crime game. And how this then, that, that the reading of the IRA is decided by culture on that level, by films on that level, especially late. Well, I mean, all I, my answer to that is very simple, is if the conditions which exist in Belfast today existed in Dublin today, the people who you know, and maybe you, and maybe God bless the mark, Bowen Hearts, uh, maybe, uh, in the IRA. Right. And you would have Dublin loyalists, and you would have Dublin middle class, and you would have Dublin, and, but in the working class areas of Dublin, uh, young people would respond today, as they do in, in the occupied part of the country, as they did here 70 years ago. And, uh, I mean, what, 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 what you have are people, citizens, who, who rightly or wrongly, uh, respond to their, 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 their conditions. Uh, in, in a specific way, and some of them choose to take up arms. And uh, I mean, I think it, it doesn't. You know, I think that Bodwan Harris engages in some propaganda. Uh, and I mean, I, I wouldn't suggest, for example, that British soldiers were psychopaths. No, because they're clearly not. And some of them may be, but I mean, clearly they're, they're, they're guys who are in the British Army for whatever reason. You know, I wouldn't even say that the IUC, although they are very sectarian uh, bigots, uh, were a force of psychopaths. And I think it's just, you know, it's all part of demonization, it's all part of, uh, of, of demeaning and, de and dehumanizing people. I mean, uh, but it's a dominant uh, tendency within the media in Ireland and England and in America. Indeed, you yourself would be demonized to that extent. Aye, but I mean, what you see, the media, the media does generally reflect, and I don't think, as I've said before, I don't think we can expect right. uh, it, it, it to do otherwise than to reflect the sort of general uh, and dominant uh, ethos. Uh, the 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 situation is that that own power Harris is part of, of. I don't want to get into much importance because I know he would like that. The the engages uh, and engages in just just in, in general propaganda. See, and I sure. I well, Republicans and I have to say this. Republicans do not have any monopoly. Do not have any monopoly whatsoever. On, on suffering. But if I go to the parents, as I did just there before Easter, of Pierce Jordan, who's a 22-year-old from New Barnsley, and uh, the guy that gets killed, he's unarmed, uh, he's in a car, and the RUC feed a line to the media, don't put in a statement, feed a line that he was armed, that he had gloves, that he had a balaclava, that he tried to run away, that he crashed in. Uh, they, they are uh, and that there was there was bomb making equipment, none of which was true, and it's now part of the right. public record. Thanks to that, that none of that was true, and uh, you know, I go to his house, and just by sad coincidence, I'm there when his coffin comes back, and his mother opens the coffin, his father opens the coffin, and it's obviously just heartrending scene, and the state has not yet told that family that her son was dead. The state has still not told that family that his that that okay. I I I'm talking this over with uh, Jimmy Drum, whose wife was killed twenty years ago. And he says, not told me yet. They have not come along and told me that Murray was killed. Right. But, uh, right. I, I meet Jarvis McCarr's wife. She's still fighting for an inquest ten years later. Right. 
that sort of just just aping the establishment uh, attitude that the only balance is 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 what comes from uh, the, the Republicans. And also, I have to say that journalists have said to me, okay. I'm only asking this because I was told to ask. And they okay. themselves have long passed beyond that. They want to get into more in-depth stuff. They want to get into more uh, careful scrutiny or more thoughtful scrutiny. But whoever sends them out says them, ask them if they can more than ask them what they can get on. Would you think that's a dominant ethos in the uh, media in the South? I think that... Well, uh, well in our... My, my own... Uh, I think they are really, that all journalists are really lackeys of the dominant political ideology. Well, no, I wouldn't say that. I don't prefer to mention it. I said that they were... Uh, I mean, whatever the quote was... Uh, Imitating the, the attitudes of their masters. And I, I mean, I, 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 think, I think that... I'm not looking for any special treatment, I just think you should ask the same things as I've said. Right. I mean, when's right. the last time? Right. I mean, majors here. But imitating the attitudes is the same as saying they're kind of reflecting the dominant ide political ideologies of their masters. It's just different words. And well, it, does turn, it does turn all journalists into lackeys. And if you're saying that your, your own experience of them is that more than one or many have said to you, I've been asked to ask this question, well, then they are lackeys. Well, I don't want to get into a whole big attack on journalists. But I do know this, right. uh, that there is very little investigative uh, journalism, that uh, there are notable exceptions to all of this. Uh, the, the, the mainstream broadcasting media, uh, especially the state media, which is part of public property that people own, uh, does not get into any sort of proper investigation into any of the issues that affect the people of this island. Uh, that's why it's detailed on, on immigration, on domestic violence, on uh, unemployment, on poverty. Uh, pe people are conscious of golden service for, for, for a decade before it, it, it breaks into the media. People are conscious of the fact that uh, there's, there's so much inequality, there's so much graft. People are, are in the media anyway, are conscious of the uh, of, of at least that the, the, the situation in the North is, is, is multi-layered, isn't just a problem created by Republicans. And there is very, there is no real example that I can think of of RTE uh, conducting proper uh, in, investigations into any of these issues. We find, particularly in the North, that the British, uh, in many cases the independent uh, people are those that bring us things like death on the rock or, or that bring to the surface. Uh, you know, the Birmingham Six of the Guildford Four. Uh, right. And, 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 uh, and so on. Right. So I, I don't want to give I don't want to give the impression I think that all journalists because journalists also have to do a job and people have to have to No but would you also say that it is the responsibility of a, a national broadcasting uh, company to bring those issues like the Birmingham that they should be doing those programs, Absolutely. the Irish yeah. television network I mean, should be doing it. I don't even think it's a national broadcasting uh, in, in, okay. in, in the true sense of the word. Uh, national in terms of national what the nation really is. Well, it isn't. I mean, national is national. It isn't. You know, there's only one national is Ireland. No, it's a 26 county uh, state, uh, and it's a state state broadcasting service. And uh, no matter about the some of the the, the better things that it does, it has done a disservice 
uh, in terms of informing people of this state right. of what's happening within the state and within the island of Ireland, and it's done as a service to people in the north, uh, and not allowing a, a wider a wider picture to be painted. Right. And I mean that isn't see if, that is, if, if, if the job of broadcasters. Uh, of, of, of public broadcast systems is to do that, that's far enough that it says so, right? Um, you know, a political paper can do so because that's what it is, it's a political paper. A, self, a, a special interest paper can do so. A particular type of program can put out information in a certain way because it's reflecting certain right, interests. Right. But public uh, broadcasting regulations are supposed to uh, inform people and, right, and, and right. allow people to make their judgments. And, you see, the, the, the ethos behind the, 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 the O'Brien uh, business is that you don't trust the people. That's the ethos behind it all, that people can't be trusted. And the, the uh, situation I find is there is no massive public support for censorship. There isn't a big major public outcry. There aren't you know, thousands and thousands of people out there demanding censorship, but you have as a fairly closed little political club which enjoyed a, a general uh, safe relationship with the broadcasting. Uh, it's no accident that international uh, journalist organisations that visiting journalists are surprised right. by our complacent RT. Right. Well, I recently interviewed, it was either John Burton, I'll have to check my own interview, or Roisin Shortoff, who very much suggested that she just saw RTE as a propaganda arm of Fianna Fáil. But you also have the current allegations by O'Brien again on questions and answers recently that there are all, it's full of fellow travellers with the IRA. Well, I, I, those two people may not be right, you see. It isn't a matter of, I mean, I'm not taking up, I don't believe that it's a. a, a I, I can't say quite what it is in terms of its, its particular political uh, ethos. All I can say is that it does not inform people. All right. And uh, whatever it does inform people about, it does not inform people in depth and in a far away. I mean, I was I was MP for West Belfast for nine years. Uh, it, it is recognised by most people as being some sort of Cameo writ large of nationalist thing. Never interviewed once. Never once. Never interviewed once. Never. Uh, I mean, think of all the issues that, that dominated that area, all the people that were killed, the instance of military, British military, uh, excesses of violence, mm. of IRA, mm. of loyalists, of housing, of unemployment, of all the endemic. Uh, so, was there, all, was all, all the good positive things also. Uh, was there an unspoken ban then in operation? The Republicans just aren't interviewed. Right. And also, I mean, readers, readers of your paper, if you work out the broadcast environment has been in existence for 20 years, and that people perhaps yeah. only become conscious of current affairs, maybe, you know, 10, 11, yeah. 12, 13, yeah. 14. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking yeah. about a generation. Okay. Yes? Do you need anything else? No, I wouldn't mind not just a please. Yeah, I'd like to. They just aren't conscious. Sure. They, they haven't been. Not, but, and that, then the other point you have, you have to make is. Uh, why are people in this state so compassionate, so understanding, so generous about Bosnia, about Yugoslavia, about uh, Central America, about the Palestinians, about South Africa? Are we expected to believe that they're generous and outgoing and compassionate and understanding about all of these good issues worldwide and where I'd be tonight that, 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 that they're, they're not?
Obviously, it's got to do with the climate is created. There's a, a, a climate is then created. Well, you made that suggestion in your book about Michael B. Higgins, didn't you? That he could very often articulate his concern for problems abroad or whatever, and does not pay full attention to the problem 200 miles from his own doorstep. Well, he certainly doesn't pay public attention. I'm sure he's, he is as moved as everyone else uh, about what's happening. Uh, but I would, would make the point that he has an opportunity now uh, because he's, he's, he is left in this absurd situation and he could write a lovely poem about it, that the Minister of Culture is also in charge of censorship. Right, right. Well, it's just so absurd a notion, right? And it runs against what, what appears to be the guy's progressive and liberal and all his instincts, that he is the Minister of Culture in charge of censorship. Now, if, right, when right. you could write a nice wee piece of that if you were, you know, <laughs> if you were from Chile. Paul Derkincliffe, too. Uh, but you didn't answer the question of, uh, do you think he has done a seeming step backwards on his position on Section 31? Did you see question answers? That I did. Well, I, I, have to say that, I have to say that, that I, I concur absolutely with uh, Neil McCafferty's response, which I thought was brilliant. <laughs> Hi, Joe Jackson here again. I thank you for listening to this edition of the Joe Jackson Interviews podcast. And don't forget, if you want to read any of my articles as printed or gain access to the ebooks, check out my website, joejacksoninterviewer.com.